Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today, we are talking about the disordered phase, which is the second stage in the pyramid of excellence. So as a school leader in the disordered stage, building a high-performing team is essential for achieving sustainable growth. There's effective communication and trust that needs to be built. And sometimes it's really hard to do this because everyone's very busy and very overwhelmed in this stage. And so in today's episode, I'm really going to be diving into some practical strategies for improving communication, building trust, including developing a shared vision, promoting transparency within the team, and creating opportunities for feedback. So let's do a quick recap on the past two episodes before we dive into today's conversation. Two episodes ago, I introduced the concept of the Pyramid of Excellence, which is our proprietary process for how we help school leaders and school owners and directors build and sustain schools of excellence. Last week on the podcast, I spoke about the first stage in the Pyramid of Excellence, which is the survival stage. And I spoke about all the different ways that people can find themselves in survival and some practical ways to work through that. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, definitely go check that out first. And then you can listen to today's conversation on the disordered stage, which is the next stage. So the distorted stage of growing a school can really feel overwhelming for school leaders, um, leading to a lot of neglect of their own emotional and mental well-being. And so prioritizing self-care for avoiding burnout and maintaining positive school culture is really critical. What's happening in the disordered stage is leaders are really trying to build a high-performing team, which is necessary for achieving sustainable growth and building trust. However, as they're trying to build this team, they need to make sure they have the right infrastructure in place, like the right systems and processes that they're following um, so that they're doing this in, in a sustainable kind of way. So some of the common things that happen in the disordered phase is teachers are constantly coming to the leaders with questions. There's a lot of interruption. There's a lot of confusion on roles and responsibilities, which leads to a lot of decision-making fatigue and stress, a lot of negative self-talk and self-doubt. 
Um, what happens a lot in this stage is the leader's personal relationships really begin to suffer because they struggle with creating work-life harmony and the right boundaries between work and home. And so they're entering this scaling phase and they start to neglect the people that they really love and that are most closest to them. So their partners, their kids, um, and they miss out on some really, really valuable moments in their child's life. I remember a long time ago, we worked with a client, I'll call her Jolie, and Jolie was in a particular season of life. She had teenage kids who were both in high school. I think they were like a year and a half apart. And she was in the disordered phase for quite a long time before she joined schools of excellence. And she really missed out on a lot of opportunities to bond and connect with her kids because by the time she came home from work, she was so emotionally fatigued and exhausted. She didn't have capacity to have a conversation with her 14-year-old daughter and her 16-year-old son. And when she joined, she joined in December time and... I asked her, I said, you know, what is the most important goal for you? And she said, I need more capacity to have conversation with my kids. And I said, capacity is going to come from your ability to practice boundaries, from your ability to practice self-care and regulation, emotional regulation, from your ability to create the right systems within your calendar so that you're managing energy, time, and workflow. And she worked very diligently on this for the first 90 days inside of the program, got herself out of survival very, very quickly, moved into the disorder phase. And as she started to navigate this, she texted me one morning that her daughter was out of contact lenses and needed to get more contacts. And because she had built the right opening and closing system, which we teach inside of the survival phase when she was in disordered, she was actually able to take her daughter that morning to go get contact lenses because someone else was opening the building. Now, it sounds so simple. Go get your daughter contact lenses. But for those of you that are listening to this, who are in that season, who don't have the flexibility and the freedom to actually go make a trip like that, maybe it's not contact lenses. Think of, insert your own personal example that can start to really drain romantic relationships, intimate relationships, personal relationships with your kids, your growing kids, your young kids, um, parents, neighbors, good friends. This happens a lot in the disordered phase. And when we work with our clients, we really, again, I talk about this all the time, help create this holistic approach so that our leaders are leading beautiful lives personally and professionally. So again, going back to what the disordered phase is about, it's a stage of growth that you're working on stabilizing operations, creating the right systems, and building a strong team. So I want to walk you through some of the trainings and some of the things that we work on inside of the program when you join the program. So one of the first things we do in the disordered phase is effective meeting blueprint. And so in effective meeting blueprint, we teach you how to plan, lead, plan and lead successful meetings, starting from check-ins, problem solving, planning, feedback, evaluations, all the things. There's all different kinds of meetings. We have a whole training called meeting archetypes. There's all different kinds of meetings that you're having. You're probably lumping a whole bunch of them together and wondering why you're not getting results, why you're chasing after people, why you're doing a lot of policing, which is something else that I talk about inside the disordered phase. There's a lot of policing that goes on inside of schools, but very little accountability. So very similar to the police force, you know, they do a ton of policing, give people tickets, lock people up in jail, whatever, all the things, give people warnings. There's a ton of policing. There's very little accountability around 
creating the right infrastructure so that people can actually follow law and order. Um, and so I find that happens a lot in the school system. There's a lot of policing, um, but very little of creating the right environment and the right structure where people need less policing because I believe all humans are good inside. There's very few terrorists on the planet and they definitely don't exist inside of your school. And so people are good inside. They're not evil. For me, when I think of evil or not good or whatever it is, I, I think of the extremity of a terrorist. That is a person who is evil, who wakes up in the morning thinking about how can I destroy other people's lives? That is how a terrorist thinks, um, at least from what I can understand. I'm not a terrorist, so I can't fully grasp what that person is thinking, nor do I want to. People wake up in the morning good inside. They want to be good. They want to do good things. They want to show up in the world and be good, right? And what happens a lot is because we don't have the right meeting infrastructure and we don't have, we have haphazard agendas, loosey-goosey meeting, beginning, end times. There is no real infrastructure around meeting deadlines, moving forward projects. And so you do a ton of policing and you get super frustrating. You're like, why aren't my people doing the right thing? Why are they so lazy? Why are they this way? You need the right infrastructure, the right processes in place for your meetings. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, actually, because someone was once telling me, she's like, when I listen to your podcast or when we have conversations, she's like, you speak very disruptively. Like you bring kind of sometimes these extreme examples. The reason I, I bring these extreme examples, like talking about a terrorist or, or things like that, is because I want you to be so jarred and so disrupted that you're like, oh, my gosh, like. Yes, my people are good. I have good people. I need to put the right systems in place because all of your people are good inside. They have good intentions. They are probably connected to mission and vision. They're hyper-focused, but they're working inside a broken model. So before we start throwing people out the door, and I'm not against firing people, and I'm not against letting go of people, and I'm not against transitions of leadership or, or whatever it is. There are times and places for that where it's like, okay, this person really isn't a fit for this role, which is fine. But a lot of times it's infrastructure. Something else that we work on a lot is understanding how to listen, how to encourage participation, how to create the right agendas down to a simple daily huddle needs that. We talk about curriculum planning. We talk about how to lead your first meeting, how to lead mid-year meetings, how to lead end of the year meetings. The other thing that we really focus a lot on inside of the disordered phase are leadership habits, um, identifying what habits you need for effective school leadership, how to set those clear goals, and what you need to stop doing. A lot of times in survival, we focus a lot on what we need to be doing. In disorders, is where I introduce the concept of a do not do list. What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to not do when you're in this phase? Something else that we work on is understanding the difference between a ritual and a routine. What are the routines that you need to put in place to build a strong culture, strong retention, a strong lead flow of parents, a strong lead volume of staff coming into the door? Like, what are those routine infrastructure things that you need? And then what are rituals which are tightly aligned with community belonging culture that you need to put in place and revisit consistently so that you're constantly maintaining and up-leveling the level of culture and community that you want to create. They're two completely different things. Um, so we teach that as well inside of our disordered phase. 
The other thing that we work on is understanding how to create your morning routine and your end of day routine. So what does your morning routine need to look like? What are your director's morning routine need to look like? What are your admin team's morning routine need to look like? All of their routines are going to be different depending on their season of life, their age, their roles, their responsibilities, their metrics, all the things. So stop trying to generalize this and templatize it. I hear this way too often when I speak to regional managers or owners who own like five, six, seven, 10, 15 locations. They try to systematize the heck out of everything. I really do believe in systems. I have lots of them inside of my business. And then there are also some things that are not supposed to be automated. They're not supposed to be systematized in that kind of way. You can have a generalized template that you're working from, but humans are different all the time. And so stop thinking that what works with the morning routine with this person will work with that person, right? In the same way that you get frustrated when your directors come to you and they're like, why is the teacher having such a hard time with this kid? You know, when I was in, you know, when I taught the three-year-olds or the four-year-olds or the five-year-olds or whoever, this is what I did and it worked. And she's not listening. If she just followed the process, it would work. No, you are different than her. She has different kids. She has different capacity levels. She is in a different season of life. She has a different executive functioning level. She has a different mental bandwidth than you did. She has a different nervous system than you. She has different emotional regulation skills than you. And so no, the system that you gave her might not work for her. And so this is a whole separate conversation where when I'm coaching in the disordered phase, specifically the directors, and I tell them, stop giving your people advice. Stop giving them ideas. Stop giving them tips and tricks. Stop giving them advice. Listen to them, right? This is why I just said before, like we focus on active listening. Listen to your people. Get curious. Get humble. Listen. Your people know what to do. They need the space, the canvas to explore it freely and have permission to explore it in your presence. This happens a lot with like curriculum coordinators, behavioral specialists. As you're building your org chart, they come into the classroom like, oh, I know exactly what this teacher needs to do with X, Y, and Z. No, shut up. Stop talking. Listen, sit down with the toddler teacher and ask her, where do you think Sammy is struggling? Why do you think he's having a hard time here? Is there something else that we could do in morning routine? How would a different transition from home work better? Does he need a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time, maybe in the library center, secluded, you know, away from all the other stimuli in the classroom? Does he need his own personal prompt possibly? Like, what do you think is happening for him? Ask the teacher. She knows better than you. I know you have 30 years of experience. I know that you've seen all different kinds of kids like this. I know that you've been in the classroom for 15 years. It doesn't matter. You're not in that classroom. You're not that child's teacher. They are. Listen to them. And so the same thing is when you're an owner and you're getting inside there, learning how to listen to your people and not giving them advice constantly and trying to fix everything and telling them, I have a new PowerPoint. I have a bunch of new ideas. I just went to a conference. I know exactly what you need to do. No, you don't. Listen. It is the hardest thing in the world to do. And it also has the highest rewards. Listen to your people. It's a skill. We teach you how to do that inside of the program because you need to learn. The other thing we work on is difficult conversations. We have multiple trainings on that. We have several different podcast episodes. You could go Google search the four shields of a difficult conversation. We have a whole series on that. We have an entire module on 
difficult conversations, how to plan for them, the template for them, questions to ask, how to set the right goals, how to mentally prepare, how to recover, all the things for a difficult conversation. And then some final things that we're really working on in the disordered phase is roles and responsibilities for teachers and for leaders. So roles and responsibilities include lesson planning, teaching, assessments, professional development, collaboration with clients, developmentally appropriate practice, right? Roles and responsibilities for your org chart team, for your leadership team are metrics, goals, performance indicators, all of those things critical in the disordered phase. Another thing that we focus a lot on is stress recovery, strategies for managing stress, promoting resiliency, including practicing self-care, developing a support network, setting boundaries. Um, this is where we introduce the concept of BetterHelp, who is one of our partners on introducing the concept of seeking counsel, counseling, um, therapy, other mental health um, opportunities. And so that is a huge thing inside of the disordered phase is knowing how to do stress recovery. Stress is part of all stages in the pyramid of excellence. It's part of all stages of life. Kids are stressful. Does that mean you need to ship your kids out of the house to remove the stress from your life? No, you need better stress recovery. Marriage can sometimes feel stressful. Does that mean you need to get divorced? No, um, it means you need to learn how to manage the stress of the different cycles that come in relationships. And so the same thing is inside of your school. Running a school is stressful. So you could choose to close down your school, or if you want to keep your school, we need to learn how to manage the stress better. We have to know how to recover from stress and close stress cycles everything related to that. I know that it's not a sexy thing to talk about, how to manage stress, um, how to recover from stress, how to close the stress cycle, all of those things. But you really need to learn these skills because your people need you to model these skills for them because they need to learn them. They need to know how to close stress cycles and manage it because what's happening a lot is at 8.30 in the morning, your director's already burnt out. She's like, I'm tired. When's lunchtime? When do I get to go home? Can I check out early? And so much of that is coming from poor stress management. So that's another thing that we really work on inside of the disordered phase. And then lastly, let's talk about some of the core systems that we work on. Meeting standards, morning routines, handbooks, roles and responsibilities, KPIs, metrics, all of that. So during the disordered phase stage of growing a school, school leaders really need to focus on their mental and emotional well-being. They need to prioritize self-care to avoid burnout and maintain the collaborative culture that they want. They need to build the communication systems, the trust systems necessary in place to build a high-performing team that has a shared vision, that promotes transparency, and that creates opportunities for feedback and practical strategies for improving uh, communication and building trust. And so if you listen till now, and you resonate with some of the examples that I gave to you, and you're like, yes, I'm in the disordered phase. Great. Would love to invite you to apply to our director's inner circle, to our owner's HQ program. Let's see if it's a good fit. This might be your year. Let this be the year that is different than the previous year. Let this be the year that you're like, I am learning these systems. I'm going to implement them. I'm going to put them into practice. I'm going to put them into place because me, my future self, my current center, my future center deserve this level of support and care that Schools of Excellence can provide for you. Thanks so much for joining us this week and stay tuned for next week where we talk about the next stage in the Pyramid of Excellence, the integrated stage. Also, 
Would love if you enjoyed today's episode, if you could do us a quick favor, rate and review this podcast. If you could give us a rating on iTunes and leave us a review, ratings and reviews help us be discovered by more school leaders so more people can be connected to our mission. Thanks for joining. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.